Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That'll scare you. Well, Nathan, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I don't know when this is going to air, so maybe we said that out of place, out of turn. You know what? Christmas should always be in your heart. That's a good point. this is January, it doesn't matter. Merry (laughs) Christmas. Watch this one comes out in like February. (laughs) February. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, All right. Well, hey, we got a a great guest in the studio today. We've kind of gotten away from guests, so this is good to get back in the guest routine. Actually, uh, uh, one of our our very important ladies in our life, Maria Davis, the great Maria Davis, (laughs) she says... That we definitely need to have more guests because we go off the rails when it's just you and I. So, John, thank you for being here today (laughs) to bring us back and put us on the rails so we don't get yelled at. That's right. We have Maria Davis. We have John Schrock in the studio today. John Schrock is with the John Birch Society, and he's got a lot of initiatives that he's working on in the great state of Indiana. So we asked him to come in and talk about some of that grassroots activism uh, stuff that you're always you always seem to be right in the middle of, and you're a good man. And so. Appreciate all you all you do. So, John, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me in today. I didn't know I was an answer to prayer to Maria's prayers. You are. We are, we are evidence that God is still answering prayer That's here on a, just a few days before uh, Christmas, depending on when this airs. You know, now, people would, might be like, "This is weird." She would really think that we answer prayer if we actually can do this in thirty minutes. Ah, that's, that's, that's the thing oh, that she. So you know, talk. we're at a minute and fifty seconds at this point right now. So uh, the timer's Time's on. Timer's on. So well, it's great to be here because we've got we do. There's there's tons uh, to talk about as we were talking before we uh, push the button in order to start this. How, what do we cover? There are so many things that are going on, but we can often think about how many bad things are going on, but I love seeing that there are actually answers to prayer. There is actually God working. And those those little victories add up to big victories. Yeah. And often we think is that like, um, I, I, I see the uh, uh, picture up on the wall of uh, David holding up uh, Goliath's head, you know, wow, that was the victory. Well, no, it actually began before that. David listened to his father. His father listened to God. All of these little victories throughout and in the grassroots movement, when we have people show up to school board meetings, what a victory. When we have people that show up to county council meetings, what a victory. Because we've talked for so many years that there's $18 million budgets in this county. You know, it's like a small business. And that county's budget is $18 million. And then we say that there was zero people there. If you get 10 people there, that's 10 blessings from God. People responded to the Holy Spirit of God. And we're seeing that across the state. And I'm encouraged because God's still on the move. Amen. That's good. That's good perspective because sometimes, you know, I get asked out on the the campaign trail or whenever I'm out speaking, it's like, how do we get more people engaged? It seems so disheartening when just 10 people show up and, and, uh, you know, I I look at it and say, Hey, that's 10 people that you didn't have uh, a year ago, you know, and, and this, this is awesome. And Samuel Adams said, doesn't take the majority to prevail, but rather a small minority, an irate minority, uh, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the hearts of men. Yes. And it's just, it's a brush fire mentality where it just spurs on from one person to the next. And, and you never know where that seed of truth is going to, is going to end up. It could yeah, fall right good. on the heart of the person that needs to hear it and they well, take and run with it. I think it's a Sunday school song. Little as much when God is in it. Yeah, that's right. Labor not. Think, think about this for a second. Who, who is the person that led Billy Graham to the Lord? It was a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Sunday school teacher. So, 
that Sunday school teacher will get credit in heaven yes. for all of the work that Billy Graham did on those crusades and the thousands upon thousands of people that came to know the Lord through him. That's pretty cool, right? Like when you think of it that way, where it's that one person that you know no, planted no the seed in Billy Graham's heart and look at the reward uh, that was from that. Well, and the faithfulness of Sunday school teachers. I've yeah. been one of those. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 when you say Sunday school teacher, man, that takes me back to teaching the first through third grade because that's how they broke it up. You know, <laughs> yeah. snotty noses, and they're like wiping their boogers on the uh, uh, on those uh, uh, the yellow, baptismal uh, on the baptismal. You know, they're running around, and you're like, are they catching anything? It's that faithfulness of continuing to tell, of continuing to talk through, of continuing to bring their minds back to. Oh, here's the Sunday school lesson. Here's what it is. Bring them back to. Is they're you know using the crayon in order to uh, tell the Noah's uh, Ark story, you are imparting to them. You don't know when that seed is going to germinate. There is hope in the seed because God's word doesn't return in vain. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's worth taking because it's funny. Uh, the the Noah's Ark story, when every time you go into a little Sunday school classroom and you have, you know, Noah's Ark, you know, the mural on the wall and the animals marching two by two and the rain starting to come and all this stuff. It's really a mass it, capital punishment <laughs> story. What it should be is like bodies floating in the water <laughs> and i'm like they, we're not really doing uh we're not teaching this accurately to these first second and third graders <laughs> feel like we could you know, life church maybe that's something we do the <laughs> be like daddy why is there a body floating over there they didn't listen they, they didn't, didn't get listen. in the boat you will obey <laughs> get in the boat and i say get in the car or <laughs> that's right yeah yeah this could go down a bad path real quick but uh that's funny. so uh maria's prayer are not getting answered apparently it sounds like this, this uh, we just episode. went off the rails yes that's right so okay so john tell us about um there is a there's something big happening in indiana right now that not a lot of people know about but it's super important i want you to educate us on the carbon capture uh th stuff that's going on over in boone county lebanon Tip tippecanoe county all in that area um and you, you're on the you're on the the uh, front lines of this. And tell us what carbon capture is. Tell us why we should uh, fight this from coming into our communities. So what we've got going on, it even goes beyond carbon capture. That's where I thought that this was at, was just that they were trying to do carbon capture and carbon sequestration. Everybody, when I say the word sequestration, they get really excited. They're like, what is that word? I explained to them that it's the word that you're going to win Scrabble with this uh, this winter because you're going to finally be able to use the letter Q uh, for sequestration. <laughs> what it means is burial of, of, of carbon dioxide. They're going to be taking carbon dioxide from out of the air, and they're going to putting it, be putting it into the super critical state which is liquid they're going to liquefy the carbon dioxide and inject it into the ground it's going to poison the water it's going to cause uh the sandstone that they're going to be putting it into to collapse because it's going to create carbonic acid and the sandstone's going to collapse and they're looking at doing it all across the west uh, central part of indiana and what, it, what it's being driven by is the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, which is a quasi-state agency here out of the state of Indiana. So what they're pushing is not only carbon capture, they're pushing solar panels up to and including 17 million acres of solar panels here in the state of Indiana. That is their goal. Princeton University just gave us that goal in their net zero project that Indiana needs to have 17 million acres of solar panels. That's insane. We only have 23 million acres total 
And they want 17 million acres of solar panels. I've got it on my uh, computer. I could show These people's are radical nut jobs. What, what, <laughs> what's the, so what is the, the, the push behind this? Is it the, the worship at the altar of climate change? Is yes. that, is that ultimately what this is? It's, it's it, a decarbonization because fossil fuels are considered dirty. That which God has created is considered dirty versus we embrace what God has. Maybe we don't understand it, but it goes into that same ideology. Um, I, I use the, uh, you know, people have, have risen up, and I'm so thankful they were there for Senate Bill uh, 480 uh, this past year when uh, uh, the Senate passed the bill and the House passed the bill that we can't uh, uh, have uh, uh, genital mutilation here in the state of Indiana. It's considered uh, illegal now. Uh, we actually uh, wrote that down. That was That was huge. That's huge. Well, because, you know, I don't understand right now. I've talked to young people that are in the middle of that dysphoria. They, and you talk to them and they're like, I don't understand. I don't feel like whatever they were born. They don't feel like that gender. They were born biologically a male. And they said, I feel like a, I feel like a girl. And I'm like, you don't change what God has made you. You need to change your heart so then you can understand. Yeah. Well, we don't understand. Well, why is why why do we have you know there has been an uptick in the temperature. Some people don't want me to say that there has been an uptick because we can't lie. We can't tell a falsehood in order to get what we believe in. There has been a small uptick in the temperature. There has been a rise also in the um, in the uh, uh, the parts per million of carbon dioxide. It's true. It used to be at the 300 parts per million uh, point, and now it's around 429 parts per million. There has been an uptick. But what's neat that we are now understanding is the more carbon dioxide we have, the more the plants produce in photosynthesis of oxygen. I know is probably, you know, we, we uh, you know, the three of us here is guys. So I'll use, you know, guys, when we were in school, you know, we were try- probably busy trying to flirt with the young lady, you know, three rows ahead of us. And so we're trying to jam pack that straw with a, you know, a spit wad because nothing says love like hitting a girl in the back of the head with a spit wad. <laughs> I mean, it spells L-O-V. Maybe we're spit- we're doing this. Uh, maybe this is releasing on Valentine's Day. So that's, that's yeah, why. there we go. But we were supposed to be paying attention because it takes six parts of co2 plus six parts of water plus radiant sunlight in order to make photosynthesis occur Mm -hmm. and so when that happens it then creates that molecule of glucose and then it gives and gives us six molecules of o2 that which we are breathing and the more CO2 that we have, Oklahoma State University uh, saw that the Bible is correct. They didn't confirm the Bible. I hate it when we use that terminology. Science confirms the Bible. The Bible is confirmed in and of itself. Amen. We don't need external forces. They saw the truth of the Bible. And they found out that when you go and raise the CO2 level, you get a plant that is more efficient it creates more oxygen. It's, it runs faster. It's like putting nitrous oxide into your engine, you know, in your race car, and you can burn rubber down, you know, Highway 38. You know, it's, it's that kind of, of thing. And so then as we have more humans, we're going to have more carbon dioxide. We're going to have more people doing carbon dioxide emitting practices such as farming, such as uh, other activities. We're going to have more industries and it's designed that way because it keeps the earth going. 
It's like there was a wonderful creator that spoke the world into existence some six to eight, nine, ten thousand years ago. He said, let there be light. He said, let there be. He spoke things into existence. And we'll, we're fiddle-farting with it over in Indiana with, by the, by the uh, uh, financial capabilities of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation because it comes back to we've got to get rid of fossil fuels. We've got to get rid of carbon. What's wrong with carbon? I look around the, the studio here. That's made out of carbon. That's made out of carbon. And I point out you, and you, and you. You're made out of carbon. Yeah. And that's what they have a war against. They would not acknowledge God as God. And so God gives them over to the reprobate mind. And so they, they don't understand that, you know, the God who created, well, first, they don't want to acknowledge him remotely that he even exists. We're all a cosmic accident. But, but you know, that, that God would create a filtering system in this world, you know? Like they, when, when Mount St. Helens went off, Oh, they, they said, said it was- that it released 200 years worth of the gases that would have been for 200 years yeah. of the eternal combustion engine. Yes. Right? And, and they said this place will never be clear again. And you go there today and you could see forever. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's perfectly clean. God creates the earth to filter itself. And even if you say, okay, well, temperatures are slightly going up. Big whoop, if you look overall, we're in a cooling period. Overall. We're way cooler than we once were, yes. and and it just depends on where you start measuring. But these people, they are fear mongers. Yes. And that's all they're operating on. And really, in truth, climate this, this climate change, you said at the altar of climate change, that's the really correct way to say it, because this is a cult. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the climate change cultists... And, and, and they're taking this stuff to crazy levels to do things that have not been done, not trusting in God's normal process, and now we're going to destroy things here in Indiana? Well, now it's, because, it's because you have to worship something. Everybody worships something, and uh, you were designed to worship. And if you don't worship God, you're going to replace it with something. What we've seen with the climate cultists, like you said, they have turned the earth into their God. And so they will do anything and everything to to bless their God, right? To protect their God, to defend their God. And their God is climate. And so they're going to yeah. destroy you and your family for their God. And I think that there are some people that they they look at it that way. And there's other people that know this is a total, this is a total sham. Mm-hmm. And it's all about controlling money and yes. power. Yeah. And 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 they they know that they can tell this business you're going to pay us this you're this business you're going to pay us this and we are the people who are the power brokers and that puts us in a place where you can't touch us yeah. and and we all do it in the name of loving the environment I th- look I'm a hunter I I know I I care about the environment yes otherwise I can't enjoy the environment to go shoot an animal right <laughs> so I want to be able to enjoy that. So, you know, what do you, what do you call that? You're, conservationist. Conservationist, Conserv- right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that ought to be the mentality of the believer. Yeah. It ought to be the mentality of America. But to start doing stuff that... Uh, has this been tested anywhere, John? Like, is this just... This is just coming to Indiana and we're trying it here? 
Or, oh yeah, we're did, a test tube baby. We're we're we're, we're the uh, uh, we're we're, we're they're, they're doing this failed science project uh, here. That's great. Um, and you say the word uh, fear monger, uh, and I, I think of the uh, passage there in Second Timothy that God has not given us the spirit of, of fear, fear, but power, love, and sound mind. Sound mind. But w- look what we have here is because of the fear of coming climate change, we have parked our brain at the door. And we say, well, I understand, John. I, I, we, I've been hosting farmland conferences across the state of Indiana going into Illinois now because it's not just Indiana and, uh, that's being hit. Indiana, Illinois, Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio. I've got maps of where all these uh, uh, carbon pipelines and sequestration points are going to be happening. But they're really focusing in here because we kicked them out of Iowa. We kicked them out of South Dakota, out of Western Illinois, and they're moving east because they got to find a place in order to put this. And uh, when, when I host these farmland conferences, they're like, we know the acid dissolves sandstone. We get that. We know the fact that the, the truth, we know the truth that when you go and introduce uh, uh, liquefied carbon dioxide into water, it creates carbonic acid. So we know there's acid, we know it dissolves sandstone, but we're perfectly okay with it. We know that there is high warnings of the caustic nature of this acid that's going to kill plant life, aquatic life, and poison groundwater. Yet we're embracing it because of the spirit of fear. That is one area. <laughs> That we are embracing it because it's climate change, whether it's global warming or global cooling. We can't remember which. If you were born in the 70s, it's global cooling. If you're born in the 80s and 90s, it's global warming. But now it's known as climate change. Perfect marketing. I love the marketing aspect <laughs> of it. But then what we the, the other ones are embracing it because of economic development. John, it's going to be economic development. And I look through scripture, and I want to encourage pastors that may be listening, is Stop using just their terminology. Understand when they say economic development, that's called the love of money, which the Bible calls the root of all evil. And that's what we're accepting because, you know, we, we know that passage of seven that we're, that he's not given us the spirit of fear. But then it says in verse number eight, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Amen. We can boldly state in a, in a public setting, we don't have to say it and, and, and shroud our eyes and, and turn away or turn red or feel embarrassed to embrace the testimony of God. As we were talking before we went on air, you know, and it, that, that you preach expositorily. If it's not there that day in, in Scripture, you know, keep your powder dry and you, it'll come back around. We don't need to find a way in order to fight this. But when the Scripture is right there and somebody has asked you a question of the hope that lies in you, it says we're supposed to be ready. Give an answer. To give an answer. Genesis 1 talks about this issue, that the herb yielding forth its seed and the tree yielding forth its fruit inside of itself. My friends, I introduce you to photosynthesis. If it wasn't for photosynthesis, that herb could not yield forth its seed. That tree could not bear forth fruit. So when you made the apple pie, your wife made the apple pie, grandma made the apple pie, you enjoyed the fruit pun intended of photosynthesis 
God created it. We have the answers inside the pages of Scripture. I'm dealing the political side, you know, in my position as John Birch Society. But, I mean, part of our our tagline, our, our mission is less government, more responsibility with God's help, a better world. Yeah. If we're it's not good. preaching the gospel, if we're not preaching the Bible, then what do we have? Yeah. Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's those that know the Lord will not have fear in their hearts because that perfect perfect love will cast it out. Fear. But <clears throat> those who don't know the Lord, I mean, this world's a very scary place. <laughs> I can see they have to do something to try to quell the the fear in them, and they look around and it ain't getting much better. Uh, and so they're going to try to do whatever they can to to quell that fear. But those who have their their faith rooted in Christ, there, there's no fear, and so we we know who holds tomorrow, right? We don't have to yeah. worry about you know the. I'm not worried about man destroying Earth. That's not going to happen. It's a until God <laughs> says that's God's that's God's role, right? If God's going to destroy it, He's going to destroy it on His terms, not ours. And so that's the uh, yeah. I think of the Greta Th- yeah, Thunberg, Thunberg, you know, and <laughs> how this, dare yeah, you? It's the anger, like you know. And they, I, I recently saw a study that talked about people that are these, you know, these ruthless climate change believers, and how miserable they are as people because they believe that you know it's just that spirit that she came across with, you know, when when she made that speech. That's what so many people already believe. And if you think your whole life is going to collapse tomorrow because of, you know, cow flatulence, you know, and and then these same people are trying to figure out how to get us to eat bugs. I will tell you, I don't want to eat bugs. I want to eat a steak. And I don't care if they, if, if they have flatulence, I will eat them. I don't care. I will eat them. Okay, I'm cutting that out, and I'm uh, using that that one little clip. I will eat the cows. The I will eat the cows. My, my, my English mind was, are you eating the flatulence? Or are you yeah, eating that's the... what I was I thinking. I will eat the cows. I don't care if they have flatulence. flatulence. I'm eating that. I will eat, I'm going to eat them. Nathan I don't Peter, no. want to eat bugs. We may have just gone off the rails again. Sorry, Maria. Where's Maria when you need her? See, John oh, didn't help. Man, that's hilarious. So am I invited back? (laughs) Yes. That is funny. But I I think that, you know, that just this, the the unbelievable fear and trepidation that's in people's hearts. When the Lord says, hey, I feed the sparrow. I take care of the sparrow. I I, I clothe the the lily of the valley with more splendor than all of Solomon's robes. Yes. And all you need to do is talk to me about your daily needs because I'm your father and I'm going to take care of your daily needs needs. But, you know, one of the things that Jesus, I I, I really uh, stopped and pondered, somebody had, had made this point, I was reading somebody's commentary, but when Jesus is encouraged to turn the, the stone into bread, and he's all, you know, like, like the devil's tempting him, Jesus brings it back to, look, uh, it's not the bread that is what sustains me. Yes. The, the the people that were coming out of Egypt, they were concerned about what sustained them. Give me bread. And God does. He gives them bread from heaven. Oh, we don't have meat. Okay, well, I'll give you more quail than you can possibly imagine. But he's saying, what sustains me, devil, is, is the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. That's what sustains me. Wow. I don't need the I don't need to turn this stone into bread. I know what I live on. And, and I think most people don't know that. 
That's good. That's well, I've been good. going through in my devotions, um, first part, uh, Mark 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, several times the last two weeks. That's where God's parked me for a while and looking at this. And as you were talking about that, I thought about Mark 5, 30, uh, 36, excuse me. And he says, Jesus's words, be not afraid, only believe. And I know, I, I, and this is, and I, I'm not diminishing the fact of the scary stuff of this, and I can go into way more in depth, and we can talk the LEAP project of them sucking 100 million gallons a day of water um, out of the aquifers and collapsing aquifers, and, and, and it, it rises a fear. But I wanted to, I wanted to declare some to people is a God in heaven that we can believe in. Even in the political realm, when, when we're looking at a, 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 a governor that seems to have sold out to uh, crazed leftist ideologies, who five-time speaker at the World Economic Forum, when we have these type of things, when we have a corrupt system of the uniparty, the, the two-party uniparty system that we have going on, be not afraid, only believe. But we sound a little weird as Christians. Let's understand when we say that to a non-believer, when we're at the local Piggly Wiggly, if they have those, uh, for those of you. I think you those that, are a little further south. There's a little further south. <laughs> yeah. when, when we're at the Piggly Wiggly, when we're telling the, the cashier about the God that we're believing in. Oh, did you hear about, I was just uh, the uh, today in uh, Lebanon, somebody asked me about. Uh, the leap project and i'm like man they're out proselytizing about this i encourage them and they're like i'm just afraid and i said but we have a god in heaven that we don't have to have that spirit of fear he can drive us to that it doesn't drive us to a spirit of inaction it drives us actually to a dare i say the word a next level of better action when we are going about and having god take the fear he quickens our steps he multiplies it's that how, how does it go? Two t- shall turn a hundred to flight, and ten shall turn ten thousand to flight. Chase a thousand, and two shall put ten thousand. Ten thousand. There we go. Yep. When we are quickened by the Spirit of God, yet we don't think about that. We we think we we strategize. Well, Micah, what what what, what should we do? You know, ha, ha, have you connected with your legislator this week? Have you sent three emails a day to your legislator? And I'm not against that. I, I like that idea, connecting with your legislator. But I wonder, as Christians, are we connecting with God? Do we have that same amount of faith? We say, connect with your legislator. Here's the, here's the link in order to send an email to your legislator. Have we gone before God in prayer and asked God to cause the walls of Jericho to fall outbound mm. here in the state of Indiana? That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's well, it, it puts it in perspective, John. I mean, that's... Uh, uh, that we can often, in especially in the conservative movement, we can often find ourselves operating from a place of fear rather than victory, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's and we we say at Life Church, we say operate from from a position of victory because God has given you the victory. What does that mean? Well, it means that you're still going to go into a battle. Still means you're going to fight. But if you knew, like if you were, if let's just say you were with uh, with David. Uh, before you brought up David and Goliath earlier, if you were with David before David ran into uh, in the battle against Goliath, and you know he's getting ready to go out, and and you knew what you know now, you were had a time machine, you went back, and you were able, you would be able to go to David, and you would say, David, this is 
this is going to be the best day of your your life. I mean, this is like, yeah, you, it, yeah, and he's, you know, people are thinking David's going out to death, and you, knowing what you know now, you're going to be saying, no, 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 David, this is actually setting you up to be David, right? Like, people are going to know David because of what's happening today, <laughs> yep, right? That's right. And I think that's the, that's the operating out of a place of victory. You still go into that battle. Mm-hmm. You're still fighting. But, but yes. if the angels of heaven could be, could be talking to us right now face-to-face, you know, in, in, earthly, in our earthly voices, they would say, whoa, like, do you know, like, what this is getting ready to do? You're, op- you're doing something that's going to resonate through, through all of eternity because of what's, what's getting ready to happen, right? And, and so you operate from a place of victory, and, and it changes your perspective. You don't, you, don't, you don't live in fear at that point. You say, wow, man, like, this is cool. Like, let's go, you know? Come on, let's go. And, uh, and that's, the, that, that's where we all need to be as conservatives, but more importantly as believers when we're, yes. when we're into these battles. Because it can, I mean, it can be... A giant can look pretty big, you know, sometimes when you're a little shepherd boy with a sling and a stone, that giant isn't any less small, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but yeah. yeah one of, I, th- I think too, David, that, that's a great example of, of David that all these things were making him, but he had a word from Samuel mm-hmm. yep. that said he was going to be the next king and he wasn't king yet. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've been going through series in Samuel for uh, a while now and, and what you have to know is that David knew he was the only person that couldn't die mm. because until that word was, was brought to, to reality, to, to fruition, he was the only invincible one that could go up against Goliath. That's good. And I think that if the believer could get the idea in their head that nothing can touch me until God tells me, you know, it, 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 until God permits it to happen, yes. then you can shed a, a massive amount of fear. I think that's what a lot of us did when it came to COVID. Yes. We just said nothing can touch us unless the Lord says that he can, and I'm just not going to live my life in fear of this thing. You know, and it, and it ultimately puts your belief on the sovereignty of God and says, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really in good shape, you know, if, if to, to live as Christ and to die as gain, I'm okay. There was a uh, youth pastor that I met um, back when I was touring with with a Christian band, and he was from he was in St. Louis, in inner city St. Louis, and that's a pretty rough neighborhood. And uh, he was in prison for a long time, and the Lord got a hold of him in prison. He gave his life to the Lord. He had, he was in gangs leading up to his prison time. He killed a bunch of people, murdered a bunch of people, and but when he got out, he surrendered his life to the Lord in prison. And he and he got out, and he 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 said, "I'm gonna you know I'm gonna serve the Lord now." So he became a youth pastor, and he was uh, he was known you know in what that, that background check was. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ah, uh, sir, I see that you've murdered 14 people and you're applying for a job at this church. Yeah, but but that was that was former you're me. Hired. That was <laughs> It's that under was, the blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like I could hear the receptionist calling the pat the lead pastor. Excuse me, sir, uh we have a modern day Saul of Tarsus. A modern day Saul of Tarsus right here. Uh but Is that a black yeah. SUV pulling in? <laughs> but he um he was known in that in that community he would walk into the middle of gunfights so these these teenagers would be in rival gangs and they'd be shooting at each other and he'd just he'd just walk right in the middle of them he'd walk up to one guy he'd grab the gun out of this guy's out of this kid's hand he'd walk over to the other kid grab the gun out of this kid's hand and he'd tell them get their butts in church right and he'd say he'd be like get your butt in church and people were coming to know the lord and so when we asked him we said uh, you know like dude like how do you how do you do that 
You know, like that's incredible that you have that much courage. And he said, oh, it's not courage. He said, I know that I'm bulletproof until the Lord says otherwise. Yeah. He says, that, that's what it is. It's not, it's not courage or, or it's just God's going to take me home when God's good and ready to take me home. And, and if, if tomorrow is that day, I'm going home. Yeah. But if it's not, then I'm, I'm, I'm invincible. Stonewall Jackson. Yeah. That's, same yes. mentality. Yeah, Stonewall Jackson. Yes. The same, same mentality. But you, uh, John, you mentioned the LEAP project. So, so we had carbon capture <laughs> yes. and then the LEAP project. So tell us about that because so those, are, those are all in the same – it's the same neighborhood. That's all Boone County, Tippecanoe County in Indiana. So what's going on there uh, for the for the sake of economic development? So what they're building out there, the LEAP project is a 15-minute city from the UN. That's where they're headed. Explain, explain that real quick. So they want to create cities that you don't need to travel outside of 15 minutes. You have the grocery store, the Piggly Wiggly. You've got the doctor's office. You've got your work. Everything within 15 minutes. But they're playing right now in the UK with uh, the uh, ideology and the technology of creating geofence that if you go outside that 15-minute city um, or that 15-minute limit, then they get notified and you get deemed, you get taxed, you get a, a penalty um, <laughs> oh, uh, that you can't go outside of that that because so so it's a prison essentially. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. it's the what was that show that has the um, uh, it was the the area um, that they put this uh, this like visible uh substance like, around the area like a bio shield? yeah like a bio like shield or something. was it a uh, hunger games something or, uh, like yeah, that yeah. i can't remember and it was you know it's a set area well the reason that they're doing that is because if you restrict travel the people travel less and you're like well that makes sense well the less travel is the less um that they have to have carbon going oh, into the gosh. air it's all because of the idol of carbon uh of, of climate change that's why we can preach against it because it is an idol. It's just a new idol. Yeah. It's still the same devil, and we can preach against it. Um, as as pastors, as as Christians, we can stand against it. So right now they've got ten thousand plus or minus acres that they have purchased with state funds um, uh, because they're a quasi state agency. IEDC has purchased it. Eli Lilly has also helped fund uh, this uh, uh, project up there. The, the, Leap, the Leap project. The Leap project. And we are being told there's six to eight other leap projects wanting to come to uh, Indiana. And so when we were looking at it, we saw that they're going to be having, um, you can read, you know, between the lines of, you know, there's going to be uh, uh, housing there. Right now, it's just the industrial complex, uh, the businesses, the jobs there. Um, but now currently their video um, that they have includes housing, high rise housing. And you start putting this stuff together. Well, 17 million acres they're asking for. Uh, of solar panels well where are we going to live where are you going to well they're going to have a place they, they have a place to to move you uh, uh for that so they have to have a ton of water so the 100 million gallons of water that they uh, are asking to pump out of the taze river aquifer um, there in tippecanoe county um, is the same aquifer that's going to be right near the wabash valley resources carbon sequestration point um and so they're going to be sucking it uh down at uh, billion gallons every 10 days and then just south of there they're going to be punching pumping a bunch of the nation's largest uh carbon sequestration just north of terra haute and those two are connected with that aquifer so less water in it um sucking it dry sucking uh, the wabash river dry um and things like that well that's not the only place we talk about boone county and uh, uh lafayette 
But down in Jeffersonville, they're going to be experiencing a water shortage for that uh, battery plant that they just signed for in Jeffersonville, right there off of uh, Ohio River. In Hardin County, Kentucky, they have Blue Oval SK, which is an electric vehicle plant. They need, and they're eight point something uh, million gallons of water shortage. This this idol of climate change is creating a domino effect of problems. We need to, as Barney Fife uh, told Andy Griffith, nip we need it in to the bud. Nip it in the bud. Jeez. <laughs> and I think the best place that we can nip it in the bud is the Church of the Living God. When we have truthful teaching on this, what has God created? You talk about the filter system. It's the greatest, the the greenery, what God has given us in plants is the greatest sequestration point of uh, uh, that could ever uh, be accomplished. We can't recreate what God has done. The effectiveness of filtering out carbon dioxide by the trees, by the plants, is so super effective because that's how God created it. We can't recreate that. And they, they, you know, it kind of reminds me, even in our our wind energy of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. If you would kill a bald eagle. They'll destroy your whole life. But they can kill 150,000 of the birds of prey in those fans. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in big blades. And they're doing it all blades, the time. Right? Yeah. That happens all the time. And they never get charged a single penny for what they've done. It's weird how right? that, well, that seems like a double standard, Nathan. Boy, could you imagine living in a country where there's two sets of rules that apply for different people based on their politics? Uh, one for me and one for me. Could you That's imagine? Right. Yeah. I, it sounds crazy. I, that's you're, you hit the nail on the head. So uh, the well, hey, I I also as we're wrapping up here, I want to uh, give you a chance to talk just real quickly about the John Birch Society because you involved. We mentioned that uh, you 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 hit on the sort of the vision and the mission statement of John Birch. Uh, where can people find out more about what you're doing through that through carbon capture and, and give what us is, give us the five too the the, the five the, things the, we the believe five in. things that you believe in because yeah. I I I have not really heard of this until today and and so I'm I'm terribly sorry that that's the case but I it is so tell tell us for those that are like me so what we believe in at the John Birch Society we were founded in 1958 uh, in Indianapolis um, right more or less right at 38th and Meridian a uh, little nondescript home um, there and we believe in five things one that we're a constitutional republic two that uh, family is the most vital unit of society number three is the free market number four we believe that people are supposed to be judged by their character and their abilities as we ourselves wish to be judged and number five rights come from God not the government okay I can say amen to all those things yeah. That's amazing. And so <laughs> I've got to sign up. I don't know. Car. Hey, listen, you better do a background check. You know, we were talking about that. Where's that black that- SUV? <laughs> uh, the, and so we create, uh, we have the New American Magazine in order to be the forefront um, of talking about these issues. If it violates one to five of them, we're going to investigate it. We're going to get to the truth. You mentioned 2020. We were the first national organization coming out uh, May 18th of 2020 was when force vaccines and digitalized these came out in the new american we said they're going to be forcing um uh, forced vaccines they're going to be putting that upon us and that's not right we wrote of it from that because it violated several different things that um of those uh of five uh areas 
And so we wrote about it. And then we came up with an action plan. How do we go about this? How do you talk about it? That's what we do at chapter meetings. How do you discuss this? It's one thing to know mm. that this is false. How do, I, how do I make a difference? How do I impact that? Well, you can go down with your hair on fire and your head spinning around and slobber slinging out of your mouth and down to the commissioner's meeting and they go, that person's crazy. Or you can go down because you've stopped and thought ahead. We go back to the principle, if a man's going to build a building, he counts the cost. Yep. That requires planning. Yeah, it's good. So what we're going to do inside of a chapter meeting, we're going to say is you've got three minutes in order to give us the uh, three-minute spiel. So they practice it there. It requires uh, planning. Um, as far as how they can uh, find out about it, we've got jbs.org. Um, they can look there. The newamerican.com is our, our periodical, the new American on that. As far as the carbon capture um, uh, area, we just got uh, um, access to, uh, it's called radicalpulpit.com. Um, uh, politics, opinion, humor, and there's another one on there. I can't remember what we put on there. Um, and so we've got on there, um, and people can go out to radicalpulpit.com pulpit.com in order to find out more um, Indiana-based uh, things on that. They can sign up for action alerts on jbs.org as well. Awesome. That's awesome. Man. I love it, man. Well, you're doing great work, and and uh, it, it's thank you for educating us on what's going on with LEAP, what's going on with Carbon Capture, what's going on with 15-Minute Cities even that the UN is pushing. I mean, there's it is a, a very intentional move to destroy the uh, American idea. Yes. And the American idea is that God gives us our rights, and we have the individual sovereignty to be able to make our lives what we want them to be. And ma'am, in the UN and, and big government, they don't like that. They like to tell you what you're going to be. That's right. And so I, I appreciate you. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I, it's been really, oh, I mean, yeah. I've learned Excellent. a lot. Oh, in, me too. In these Absolutely. 41 minutes. I mean, we're, we're a little 41. bit over, uh, we're a little bit over. So sorry. We're one third sorry. of the way that you know, just, we just got to fix that one third, <laughs> the great Maria. That's and we right. will, we will get it fixed for you. <laughs> Well, so on that note, I, hey, Nathan, is there anything else that you have for our listeners uh, you want to tell them uh, is about, you know, any anything? It's Christmas in four days. so <laughs> I uh, don't know when this is coming out. I don't know. Well, <laughs> It is Christmas in four days. That is insane. At the time of this recording, I still don't have my Christmas shopping done. So oh, that's <laughs> count the cost. I haven't ca- counted the cost I yet. Ha- I didn't have my Christmas shopping done until I asked my wife, and then I found out we have our Christmas shopping Oh, is shopping that what done. it was? That's good. That's good. All right. Well, you know, it's Love been- you guys th- out there. Thanks for listening to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Tell a friend about it. Drive a liberal nuts, right? Send them something that just gets them thinking, gets them angry. You know, you know, hey, if people can't say amen, sometimes they have to say, oh, me. And then, and then they'll figure it out. I love it. I love it. All right. Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll see you next time on Jesus, Sex, and Politics.